So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. <laughs> look, look, I'm very uncomfortable about this, well, right? Well, you should it's, be. What? I am be- <sighs> It's just... Do you really <laughs> need a camera tracking your mother-in-law's face at every opportunity? <laughs> Smashing Security, episode 172, Uncle Face, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 172. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hey, Carol. Hey, Graham. <laughs> we are joined <laughs> by a returning guest. He hasn't been on the show for a while, but he's known to many of our listeners, is Mikko Hippanen. Hello, Mika. Well, hello there. It's really great to see both of you. And it's always great to hear how well Graham is able to pronounce my name. That's exactly how it's said. Success. Uh, hey, how are you seeing me exactly? Uh, well, <laughs> Just you know, virtually. Obviously, this is a time of social or physical distancing. So there's no way we would be in the same room, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Mikko, I imagine you, like all of us, are trapped in your home right now. Yeah. Your life has been messed around a bit by all this nonsense that's going on. What are you up to? Well, it's, it's really great to be in one place because my normal life is so different. I'm on the mm. road every week. Now, I haven't taken a single flight for a month and I'm still grounded for many more weeks. So, yeah, I, in, in, in a way, I like it. Is, is this what normal people live their lives like? Is, is this normal? <laughs> so this is why you're able to focus on your podcast because you've been grounded for a month. Yes, I have. And before I speak about my podcast, I just want to say something really great about traveling a lot, which is that my company, um, how do you say, it? They, they cover the CO2 emissions that I create. Oh, brilliant. Good. Yeah. So I'm not destroying the, the world by doing all this traveling. And that's really great. And that enables me to do the things I like, which includes the worst competitor for smashing security podcast. We have now <laughs> our own podcast. Me and my old friend Tommy Tuominen started a podcast late last year, and we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> I think I may have tuned into it. it. It's in Finnish, isn't it? Well, yes, it's in Finnish, which does limit the audience a little bit. It's called Herrasmies Hakkerit. Herrasmies Hakkerit is the best podcast about security in Finnish you've ever heard, I guarantee <laughs> You, That's you, the kind of competitor we like, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know, Graham, I was thinking uh, yes. earlier today that maybe we misnamed our podcast because I was listening to a Radio 4 podcast and the woman was going in to interview someone. She goes, hi, uh, you know, Sue Miller from Radio 4. And I was thinking if we walked to someone's door and knocked on it and said, hi, Carl Terrio, smashing security, they may, oh. they may not want me to come in. Oh, right. So maybe right? we should call ourselves Radio Security or something. Or what, what, what are you suggesting? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Maybe our listeners can help. Oh, right. Okay. A bit late for a, a brand name change. but if, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Carol, tell us what's coming up on the show this week. Well, first, thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, on today's Stuck at Home special, Graham shares the rumors about video chat app House Party. Nico tries to figure out how to deal with security and privacy in our pandemic reality. And I'll be looking to answer this question. Is it okay for your boss to spy on you if you're working from home? All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. 
Now, chums, chums, coronavirus, of course, has, well, it's sort of changed the whole way we're living, hasn't it? It's changed the world and people aren't able to move around, people aren't able to socialise and many companies have been struggling as a result. But actually, for some firms, it's been a real boon. It's been an opportunity for them to actually get loads more users. I'm talking, of course, about video chat apps like Zoom, like House Party. Millions of people have downloaded these apps, perhaps for the first time in the last couple of weeks. So Mm. whereas they used to be the province of people working in business, typically, now everyone's kind of jumping on them, aren't they, in order to chat with their pals. And to keep their jobs, right? Well, keep their jobs, but also to keep in touch with relatives who they may not be able to go and visit any longer. Totally, totally, because we're all isolated and it's the only virtual hugs these days, right? Yeah, I've I've got a, a kind of embarrassing admission to make at this point. Um, okay. Which may well get edited out of the podcast, but because <laughs> I'm quite <laughs> embarrassed by it, especially with Miko on the line. Um, so go I, I've got in-laws who are quite technically non-savvy and really struggle. And my wife wanted to keep in touch with them while they're all locked down. And we were trying to work out the easiest way to do this. And it's like, well, we know there's FaceTime and there's Skype you know, Skype or whatever, but we needed it to be easy in that. And so we invested in a couple of devices, which make it very, very easy to video chat, even if you're into your 70s, 80s, and 90s and know nothing about technology. Mm-hmm. I don't have a Facebook account. I don't have a WhatsApp account. But our household now has a Facebook portal. In your house? In our bloody house. And Congratulations. I tell- well, <laughs> congratulations to Facebook, maybe. Um, <laughs> they knew they'd get you in the end. So we now have this video feed and audio Shame feed. Shame on you for not even fighting the well, good corner. Well, it, it, it was a restless night. It was a struggle. I have to say there was lots of tossing and turning about this. And I have to say, pragmatically, it's a great way of keeping in contact with relatives and loved ones. But of course, it comes from ruddy Facebook, which mm. makes me extremely nervous. Have you heard of a house phone? Yeah, well, yes, a house phone, but you kind of want to see them. Anyway, actually, they never even hear the phone when it rings. So we do need something which sort of bloop, bloop, bloop up on the TV screen and announces that they're getting a call. Graham, what does a Facebook portal actually look like? It has a, it has a screen on it, doesn't it? There are two kind of variations of it. There's one which is basically like an iPad-like screen Mm -hmm. with a camera built in as well. And what it does with the camera is very, very clever because it's it's tracking faces. (laughs) Oh, why why, why am I doing this? No, but and so it will focus on the relevant part of the room. So it keeps you in shot, which is what we need with the in-laws, for instance. The other version plugs into your television. And in all of them, there is a hardware little what's it, which will cover over the camera, uh, should you want to, and you can turn off uh, the audio. And they claim that it doesn't upload any of your data and any of this to Facebook Oh, we know servers. we can trust them 100%, <laughs> so that's cool. I know. I Look, you know I hate Facebook, No, no, I just right? think we know who you wears know. the trousers in your house, and it's fine. Graham, I am revoking your privacy rights. <laughs> Thank right you. I agree. I think these are extraordinary times. I haven't got one in my office. It's it's in one particular room in our house. What's it called? I'm not. It's called a Facebook portal. I'm not completely comfortable. So with you're it, basically I have to advocating say. that listeners. Get I'm not this. advocating. I'm saying it's just an option well, there. If you have relatives who you can't go and visit, and you need to keep an eye on, yeah. and you need to communicate with, because you're worried about in your them, house. Then this is one potential option. I haven't enabled any of the Alexa stuff, which is built into it as well. So I've tried to sort of lock it down as much as as possible. But it is ultimately Mark Zuckerberg's camera looking at us. Maybe you could provide our readers or listeners with an affiliate link, which gives you a cut of the sales of portals. Well... (laughs) The thing the thing was, they were actually sold out on Amazon UK when I tried. So I ended up having to order it from Amazon in France, because at the moment, at least, we're part of the EU still. You bought a black market Facebook. No, oh, no, it's not black market. It, it meant. I, it just, I know. I didn't Don't. have to pay any tax. This keeps getting worse. Yeah, yeah. You digress. Is this your story? No, anyway. But the point is that lots of people are beginning to use these sort of video chat apps, whether they feel comfortable with them or not. One of those apps is House Party, which is somewhat different from Zoom, which many of us have used in a business environment. I have friends that use this. I haven't used it myself. 
but I do have friends that are using it to keep in, tr- keep in touch with all their family. Right. My understanding is basically you set up a house party room or something mm-hmm. like that, and you can just drop in on it at any time. And if anyone else from your uh, collective is also part of that room at that time, they can see you and chat to you. So you don't have to go through the effort of setting up, oh, at 7 p.m., we're going to have a Zoom call. Here's the invite. Yeah. It's like a pub you can just drop in on without an appointment. Yeah, I was going to say coffee bar, but then you would never go. So that may be a really good way. <laughs> don't go to a pub either. No, but, but you anyway. know, like the, the kitchen and the, the staff room, the staff room. Right. That's kind of, yeah. It seems to have that kind of idea. It's kind of less formal, and I think it's more attractive. It's proving more attractive to some people uh, who are understandably keen to keep in touch right now, maybe, but don't want to go the full caboodle of buying a Facebook portal. So, um, so if I had this, if I... <laughs> <laughs> so if I had this app, right? Yes. I could, uh, and I was, you know, connected to all my family. All my family had the app. If I happened to log in and see that my mom was there, I'd go, hey, mom, how's it going? And connect immediately and start chatting. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. So whoever's currently on can chat to each other. And the comparison to a pub is actually a good one because I understand there's also games you can play with whoever happens to be online in-house party. You could play Monopoly in a way, couldn't you? There's all sorts of things which you could do. But I think Miko's saying there's built-in games. That's what I understood. I haven't actually played them. But yeah, I understand there's some simple games you can like play together with everyone who happens to be online at the same time Ah. in the same room. Cool. Well, in recent days, rumours have been spreading about House Party, and the rumour has it that House Party is unsafe and that it has suffered some kind of security breach or that it is doing something naughty. If you go on Twitter or Facebook, you will see plenty of folks sharing warnings about the House Party app, claiming that after installing the app, they found their other online accounts were being compromised, like Spotify or their email account, or even in some cases, their bank account. I think that showed up in my feed on Reddit, actually. I didn't read the article, but I saw it pass by saying they happened to be breached. Yeah, there is a lot of these Mm. stories going around. And I'm going to emphasize stories because no one is actually presenting any evidence. People are saying, I installed House Party and then someone, I don't know, from Israel or wherever, logged into my Spotify account. And they've made the connection. They've assumed that the two things are connected. Maybe they don't normally install apps. But right now, millions of people are installing House Party. And then when something else suspicious happens, they're assuming it's House Party's fault. This is really hard for users, though, right? Because on one hand, we're saying, oh, look, you need to work remotely. Here are some good apps, right? But Mm -hmm. we also warn of apps that have dangerous components. So how are they supposed to tell the difference between – you're saying this is rumors, but without any proof – I think what's going on here is rather interesting. I think it's telling us something actually about the way the human mind works and how it loves to make connections. Well, this is pretty deep, Graham. Even when... when, (laughs) I mean, for you. (laughs) Even when a real link doesn't exist, right? So they're they're connecting the dots and thinking it must be because of this new thing I did on my phone rather than be the result of a phishing attack or password reuse or credential stuffing or somewhere where the hackers have grabbed passwords from a past data breach, may have been years before, they assume it's connected to House Party. And some of the advice which has been spread around, which is saying, delete House Party from your phone, if it had been the source of the breach, that doesn't actually fix the problem, does it? Because your details have already been grabbed. It might be the Zoom dudes doing it. That's my conspiracy Ooh. theory. <laughs> well, interesting, because of okay. course, yeah. it is kind of Zoom versus house party at the moment. We used to have a word for things like these. We used to call these hoaxes. And, and yes. it's, it's interesting, like during uncertain times, we see much more hoaxes than otherwise. And just last week, there were really widespread hoaxes about WhatsApp and people were warning about yes you know, specific messages about Dance of Pope or whatever, which was a complete old school hoax. And for some reason, right now in the middle of this pandemic, these things start going around again. I wonder if because so many people are at home and maybe aren't working quite as hard or distracted or spending longer on their social networks, 
they're sort of resorting to sharing warnings with other people as a way of keeping connected with people, just saying, oh, watch out for this. You know, as we suffer this zombie apocalypse or whatever is going on at the moment through this pandemic, there are other things you should be fearful of. And people think they're being helpful passing these things on. But of course, there's no actual evidence. In the warnings about House Party, there are no links to legitimate security researchers. Okay, so what would happen if if I were a user, if I saw this in my feed and read it and thought, oh, I'm a user, I know users. This is concerning. Mm. I would then go look for a news article from a reputable source to back it up. Right. Did you go and look and has anyone been able to validate? Has anyone said this is happening? There is no evidence of an actual breach. Security researchers have looked at the House Party app and they say, I mean, not any complicated app is going to have bugs and vulnerabilities in it, but they say they've found no evidence that it is doing anything like this, which might mm-hmm. cause the Spotify login attacks. Which, And again, Spotify is something which is used by many, many, many people. A vast oh, millions and millions and millions, millions. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so if there's just a regular credential stuffing attack against Spotify, people might only make the link if they've only just installed House Party and assume it is somewhere connected. Now, Carol, you made this really interesting point. Was it Zoom who did it? <laughs> the owners of House Party... Are, and this is so weird. In some ways, it's not weird. The owners of House Party are Epic Games, mm-hmm. the makers of Fortnite mm-hmm. and <laughs> other popular video mm-hmm. games. So you would think House Party would have built-in games, wouldn't you? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Exactly. And they're obviously interested in the social element because there's such a big social element with uh, video games as well. They have not only said all House Party accounts are safe we haven't had a, a, any kind of compromise. We don't collect passwords for other sites. But they've also offered a $1 million reward. And what they want people to do is come up with evidence as to who has been spreading these hacking rumors. Because they suspect it might be part of a commercial smear campaign to mm. harm house parties. It sounds a bit like you know, reward, like a... What's it, you know, like in the Westerns, they, you know, they wanted. A bounty. A bounty. Uh-huh. Yeah. But not in a good way, like in a kind of, I don't know if I, I don't think that's a good thing, actually. My feeling is it probably isn't something that someone is paying for to smear the name of House Party. I, I, I think that was unlikely and would probably backfire. Some people have been saying that Twitter bots have been posting messages about House Party being unsafe. Again, I think it's hard. So effect- to- effectively, they're asking for an internal person to come forward and say, actually, yeah, I have proof that it was this company that started the rumor, for example. So that's what they're looking for. Yes, because I work for rival service. Or- and you'll get a million dollars. Million dollars, yes. I, I have a question. So next time when we are recording this, the three of us, can we can we try recording this instead of using some boring podcast recording app? Can we record this on Housepoint? <laughs> or even better, can we record this inside Fortnite? <laughs> and what 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 because it's too boring, so you want to play a game while you're chatting well, with us? You know, if you're saying something stupid, I can shoot you. <laughs> so if you've installed House Party, don't necessarily panic. If your Spotify account was then breached, it doesn't necessarily mean it's connected. Protect yourself with two-factor authentication on any online accounts that support it. So if your password is stolen or breached, it alone won't actually give the hackers access to your accounts. And obviously follow standard best practices about not reusing your passwords. So they think, okay, so is it corporate sabotage? Graham, your thoughts are? I think most likely not. I think like most hoaxes, it's probably... Some bored kids. And some- well, either kids or just people who just didn't understand what was going on. And they, they joined the dots themselves and came to the wrong conclusion. This is the second time you say that. I think you think people aren't very smart. That's what it sounds like. I think some people are very smart, Carol. Oh, I bet you do, Graham. Thank you very <laughs> <You're> much. <laughs> Let me actually touch upon something Graham said. You, you just said that, you know, people are sitting in their homes and they might not be working as hard as usual, so they have time to come up with all these conspiracy theories or, or, or whatever. I think that's actually an important point to discuss because the fact is the whole world is sitting in their homes right now and feeling scared and useless and addictively reloading news every 15 minutes, which is mm. what we're all doing. And I think it's just fair to say out loud to everybody that it's okay if you're not working as hard as you usually are. It's it's okay if you're not as productive as you'd like to be. It's okay if you're not 
doing the projects you would be able to do now that you have all the world. These are unusual times. This is this is a pandemic, and and when you look at it from a from a bit more perspective, this is going to be the biggest news item of the decade. This is going to be one oh, of yes. the defining moments of the century, and 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 this is. Like, what was the last time we had something which really affected the whole world at the oh, very same time? I think it's, it's the it's first time. Happened. Yeah, and we I can mean, all talk about it at the same time. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really, really unusual. Nobody would have predicted this. I mean, even, even the world wars we had, they really were not in every country at the same time. It didn't affect the whole world. This does affect every single country, everybody, the whole world. Is, is in quarantine. And this is so different as a quarantine from anything we've seen because we do have this online connectivity. And I think it's, um, it's an important thing to consider for our audience. I mean, security people. We, we spend our time trying to secure people and trying to help people who fight with problems they have no hope trying to figure out by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and while the whole world is sitting in their homes feeling useless because we're not medical experts. Well, security people can sort of participate. We can try to help. Of course, we can't find the cure. and We can't help people in hospitals, but we can help secure these hospitals. We can fight off the attacks which are targeting medical organizations or targeting people trying to find the cure. There are bad people out there right now. We've seen multiple attacks against medical organizations during this pandemic, which really, really sucks. And mm-hmm. yes, yes. the more we can do to help fight off these problems, the better it is for everybody. And it makes us feel like we can help. We can do something. Yeah, people will feel better, won't they, if they feel like they're providing some use and bringing some benefit when we feel so helpless. Sure, because we, we do have skills. And right now our service is needed. It's now needed maybe more than ever. So one thing which strikes me is some people have set up organizations now to volunteer their expertise, their IT security expertise to health services. There's an organization called Cyber Volunteers 19, CV19. I will put a link into them in the show notes. Friend of the show, Lisa Forte. Uh, she's one of the forces behind Cyber Volunteers 19. So people may want to go there and find out how they can offer their expertise. So you know, cool. don't feel don't feel too helpless. But I, I agree with you, Miko. I think we all need to give ourselves a bit of a break as well and not stress out too much. There's enough stress in the world right now <laughs> that uh, if we're staying at home, you know, don't feel that everything has to be perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to have to talk about this a bit more in my section because uh, I think there's a few bosses out there that don't feel the same way oh, you guys do. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very good point. But it's not just being productive at work. I mean, I was just speaking to a friend of mine who, who said that he thought he would read through all these great books and he confessed that he d- didn't even open the first one yet. It's it's mm-hmm. just hard to concentrate. It's hard to get anything done. And to sleep. When you are. Yeah, even that. So you're exactly right, Graham. We should we should be giving a break to ourselves. Do you want? Do you need a break from the podcast now? Do you need a tea break <laughs> or anything? Oh, I'd quite like that actually, if that's possible. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in twenty minutes, everyone. <laughs> So, Miko, what have you got to talk to us about this week? Well, let me actually continue on what you were saying about House Party and Zoom, because um, Zoom has had their own problems as well. They've been accused Mm. of really dodgy privacy policies and about sending information to Facebook and all kinds of things, which which really emphasize the point that when you have a product like this, which is growing faster than pretty much any product ever in the recent history, um, they might cut some corners. And in this case, the corners might be privacy corners. Well, all eyes are on them now, right? So True, true. And of course, Zoom is a company which just went public last year. Um, We'll actually put a link to show notes about a great podcast on Zoom. One of my favorite podcasts outside of Smashing Security. Is it in Finnish? No, it's English. It's called Acquired, which is a really good podcast, which talks about companies which either were acquired by another company or which which went public. Ah. And they had an hour-long show about the history of Zoom, where it came and who are the guys behind it, who are the girls behind it, and how exactly they did the IPO. Really interesting stuff, worth listening. But when we think about the idea that there's these new products which become so successful despite of privacy problems, Zoom is not the only example. Uh, we can think about things like Huawei. 
the, the Chinese manufacturer, mm. their phones, I just checked this, their phones are in top 10 most common, most sold handsets in dozens of countries around the world, despite mm. the fact that they've had all these you know, reputation problems regarding privacy and, and nation-state access to their devices or to their gateways. Zoom has this problem. Telegram. Uh, has been mm. accused of lousy encryption, yes. at least by default. Um, it doesn't s- slow them down at all. So as long as the product is good, and obviously Zoom is a good product, Telegram is a good product. Clearly Huawei phones are good phones because people buy them. Mm. TikTok is growing like crazy because it's, you know, apparently it's a good product. But Say the um, kids, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. But... This proves the point. People don't really care about the privacy as long as the product is good. That's what they want. If it's free and it, it's a good product, they will use it regardless of the problems behind Even Graham. Even Graham using Facebook Portal. Facebook Portal wasn't free, I'm afraid. But <laughs> yeah, you're paying but, for the privilege. But I, I am paying for the... Look, look, I'm very uncomfortable about this, well, right? Well, you it's, should it's, be. Well, I, I am be... I maybe have a house meeting. It's a family it's just, meeting. Well, Skype yeah, oh, is fine. <laughs> Do you really need a camera tracking your, mom, your, your mother-in-law's face at every opportunity? <laughs> But I think this tells something very concrete about the users around the world. I mean, if it's free and it's a good product, it could do pretty much anything behind the scenes, and people just don't care. And we saw this very, very well ourselves. Um, at F-Secure, we were in the middle of releasing a cloud storage product five years ago when the Snowden leaks came out. We did a, a, a pretty extensive study in different European countries, asking consumers that, you know, in the middle of all these Snowden revelations, would you be interested in a European cloud provider instead of these American cloud providers where you would be guaranteed that your information is, you know, within EU or even within your own country? Mm-hmm. And, and the result was an overwhelming yes. Everybody, of course, said that, yes, that I would absolutely prefer a local European provider. Then when we actually released the product, nobody cared. Everybody went with the free product from, you know, huh. the, the thing which was built into the device or built into the operations. Yeah. And of mm-hmm. course, those are all from USA. So it is one thing that people say and another thing that people do. I don't know if it's a question of caring so much as and maybe not having the time to do the research required, especially if it's not your niche or niche for our American audience. Uh you know, how do you do that? I mean, I know, you know, but, you know, if my mom was told, hey, go use this particular app, she would just trust because the person who told her, she trusted yeah. them. Mm. And, I, you know, it's no fault of hers. But A lot of people will take recommendations from their friends and their friends don't have to be security and privacy experts, right? Yeah. They and just- if I told her, oh, actually, mom, that app isn't good, you know, maybe to get rid of it, she would. But, mm. and, but she would also feel flustered that she was mm. told two different sets of information. Mm. And I get that. I get that. So maybe it puts the power in the hand of the regulators. I mean, say what you want about GDPR, it actually gets results. And I'm a big fan of GDPR, as many (laughs) national security knows. I I think it's great. And California has followed suit now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's another few states that are fast on the heels as well. So, But I think also caring for these things is a luxury as well. Like, especially right now during a pandemic, people are thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to stay in touch with my family. And people, they hear from someone, oh, use this app house party or use Zoom. And so everyone just jumps on the bandwagon and no one really looked to see what exactly the privacy things were. I heard what- Facebook portal was good enough for Graham Cluley. <laughs> that's right. That's what you've yeah, done. Yeah. See, that's what... That's, oh, you better... T- I hope you have a different song to sing next week, mister. <laughs> yeah. But to summarize, it just em- emphasizes the um, responsibility we have, we security people. Quite. Have. Yeah, so we really should, you know, do our work, right? So yes. then the consumers can yes, make the decisions. Yeah, because it's not do as I say, it's do as I do, right? <laughs> What's so, so uh, funny, Graham? <laughs> I'm just being picked on by my co-host. <laughs> it's the usual story. This is what happens every week, Nico. Yeah. Carole, what have you got for us this week? Okay, so we've been talking about companies dealing with managing a remote staff. And many of these companies are doing it for the first time. You mentioned that, Graham, in your story. Yes. Now, of course, uh, places that have been doing it for a while probably have a much better, a more robust 
work at from home policy. But yeah. uh, and this is probably giving them a bit of edge over the competitions, you know, the ones that are coming to the table late. Now, I guess it's not a surprise that we're seeing remote working tools and a number of users. So we're seeing more people use cloud shares and client firewalls and VPNs and video conferencing tools like Skype and Zoom, like we've talked about. And I've always hated video conferencing. I don't know about you guys. Do you feel it connects you better with the people that you're conferencing with? Because I, I'll tell you, I remember <laughs> every time I th- video conferencing to me, there's this one American lady that I worked with. Graham, you worked with her too. I'm going to call her Dolly. I know who Okay, you, and we were in yes, all hands meeting. <laughs> And uh, she decided to eat an apple. But you know when you make a noise, it's louder than everybody else. And she was sitting really close to her camera, chewing on this apple. And the camera kept going to her face. It was just a horrific – and I just don't know why people need video. I Maybe I, that's why I do radio. So maybe I'm more into audio than that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of video chat at all. I find it very distracting. I definitely don't like video chatting with you, Graham. That's for sure. And- <laughs> <laughs> Number one <laughs> – but but on a personal level, I think it, it does have some benefit. I mean, in the current situation, as we've been saying, in the current situation, I think there are some pluses uh, which can be got from it. But generally, I would agree with you that uh, it's actually a bit of a distraction. It gets in the way of the communication. I don't even comb my hair. I don't want someone calling me on video as a surprise right now. I need some warning. <laughs> anyway, so there are all these tools, these remote tools, But for some people, all these remote tools that make life easier are not enough because some, Nico, are worried that their employees are going to slack off. And Mm. the bosses (laughs) are very concerned about maintaining or at least protecting the company's productivity. So I uh, started looking around and there's a veritable huge world of online productivity services out there. So I compiled a selection for you guys to look at. And uh, I wanted you just to take your take on them because they're all a little bit different. And the way they market is fascinating. So number one, I started easy, right? So number one on the list here is ActiveTrack. So if you check the link in LDoc. So I'm already a little bit against them because it's ActiveTrack without an E and without <laughs> a C. So they, I don't like it when companies do this. So active truck. I think these and, days you've got to make a choice okay, so, between dot com or having a crazy word, right? Oh yeah, probably. Right. So, right. so this is analyzing your employees' activity. Oh. Yeah, you see that bulleted list there. I, see, I I read this so they say you know we want to protect employee privacy to ensure it's not violated. Right. Hmm. communicate and use intent of the data collected. So it's very transparent and making sure it's not intrusive and it's also following the legal legislations uh, in your geography. Yeah, my, my favorite part is avoid creating a culture of distrust. <laughs> As we spy on you. But Okay, you know, that doesn't sound so bad. You know, I'm not sure why everyone's um, talking about this. So let's go to number two, sneak. The product is called Sneak. And they've actually made a joke in the press, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, if we were really into spying, do you think we would have called ourselves Sneak? <laughs> something along those lines. So I thought, hmm. If you, if you, so if you check this out, this basically... Oh my goodness. So this software interface lets people set their webcam to automatically photograph them every one to five minutes. To make sure they're in front of their desk and looking like they're being at, well, this is bloody awful. To make sure they are working. Yes. Now, look, it says even here, it says, uh, see all your teammates' pretty faces and you get to choose the pictures because, yes, we all pick our noses. There's no shame. Oh, so if you are an employee, your picture is taken at a regular interval and you can choose which one gets sent to your boss. Sent to everyone in the group. That's not going to be disruptive of your work, is it, if that happens every five minutes? Well, it's also to see how often you're at your desk, right? Oh, hold on, hold on. Does this apply to the managers and the leadership team as well? <laughs> that was a question that was asked of one of these companies. I can't remember which one, and they, they failed to answer. They didn't want to tell them whether the CEO used the same, was under the same guise or the same treatment. Okay, so Sneak is a pretty, um, I thought it was pretty interesting, right? Because who wants their teammates' pretty faces all on one screen whilst you're working? I mean, where where do you actually work? I would want to get my cardboard cutout out of the basement, I think, 
and set that up because <laughs> you'd have to get one with different facial expressions. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be worrying about you. Okay, the next one. Okay, Interguard. Check this out. Right, Interguard. Yeah. Well, they spelt guard correctly, so that's a bonus. Okay. Right, what, mm-hmm. what else are they doing? So it looks like the same kind of deal, isn't it, as the first uh, one? Isn't employee it? cell phone monitoring? Oh, right. Oh. Yeah, they check oh, your phone hello. as well. Yep. We will view what apps are used, texts, websites visited, web searches, call logs, GPS, and more. No jailbreaking or routing required to set up monitoring. Mm-hmm. Also, they have real-time geolocation. They know where you are if you say you're at home. Shouldn't all these firms actually be measuring you by your output and whether you're getting the job done rather than how many hours it took you or whether you sat in front of... Because being sat in front of a monitor, for instance, doesn't mean you're not playing solitaire or chess. Nosey is picked today, 17. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you something really fascinating here. If you guys go to the Interguard pricing page... Oh, the top, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Interguard pricing page, all right. So you can see you can get a free cloud trial right? But you can also get one that's paid. And if you look at the difference between the two options, there's a stealth mode available. Right. You have to pay for stealth mode. You have to pay to spy on your users. So this is the question I have for you. Why would bosses want to do it without telling people? Yes. Because it's cheating. Yeah. Because I, I can understand if, you know, if your boss said to you, look, this is what we're going to do. And then you as an employee can go, uh, not cool with that or cool with that. Right. And sometimes you get two people to change their minds. Like Graham now has Facebook portal, right? Who would, who would have ever guessed that he would have done that? Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's to stop, it's to stop the employees revolting. Because once the employees realize they've been spied upon, they're going to try and work somewhere else instead. Right. They're not going to be terribly yeah. happy. And they try and subvert it in some fashion with a cardboard cutout or whatever. Yeah. So there's two more here. We've got TerraMind. So that does screen recording and live views, Ugh. app tracking. There's a one called HubStaff, which employee monitoring software. So you can see work in progress as it happens by taking screen captures, customized to each user. Now, imagine all of these are only legal if the employee agrees to this, right? They, they have to knowingly say yes. I think depends on where you are from. I know that some states, for example, operate in a one-party, what's it called? There's one-party listening law. So one party has to know that they're recording versus both parties. Right. Or zero parties, which would be... (laughs) (laughs) I suppose zero party. (laughs) So it all depends on, on the state law. Some of them... Both parties have to know that there's recording going on. And I believe that's what is the case in the UK. Although things change slightly because you're using a computer provided by your company. Now, this is where it gets tricky for us all because these computers now are effectively 24-7 in our personal homes. So if you're taking video snapshots of the user and their screen, you're capturing information that has nothing to do with work. And what do you, where is that information being stored? So for example, if you were in a smaller house, which many people are trapped in and you have to work from home and you have your kids running around, pictures yeah. of your kids and your family can be easily snapped in the background. Well, what happens when I'm trying to find a pair of underpants in the morning and I go past my computer, right? Trying to find a clean pair. That's good. That might get beamed up to my boss. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I was way ahead of you there. I was like, I, I'd left the room already. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I see there's like four options, right? You have a boss that doesn't spy or monitor. And I think all of us would say, yeah, that's obviously a better way because if yes. you don't trust your employees, that does, you know, morality kind of goes top down. A lovely boss, the best kind of boss. There's also, um, you know, bosses that tell you, that inform you that mm. you are being spied upon and what would be, or being monitored. So I think it's important to ask because I'm not sure how um, not telling the truth in that situation would work for your employee. So getting right. it in writing that they are not monitoring you might be a good idea if you're concerned. But who wants to kick up a fuss girl, really? I mean, at the moment when so many people are being laid off, unemployment's on the rise, a lot of people will be very nervous, won't they, of, of doing this. I, I imagine more and more people will be, they won't like it, but they may think they have no option but to accept it. 
think of how many people right now who are being forced to use their own devices at home because, mm-hmm. you know, as we talked about last week, and they may have been asked to install a covert employee monitoring software as part of a mm. the work package, mm-hmm. right, which has been downloaded as a zip. Mm. It's yucky, anyway, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I think I think the whole idea of remo- monitoring people in this way is a bit um, awful. There's this guy on Reddit, <laughs> I agree with him. So Uncle Fuckface, <laughs> yeah, I know him. Sorry, <laughs> Uncle Fuckface said, <laughs> he said, "Give me a task to do, and I'll tell you when I'm finished." Because you can shove the webcam up your arse. So, <laughs> yeah, I that's agree. good old Uncle Fuckface. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this week's Smashing Security podcast is sponsored by Domain Tools. They help security analysts turn threat data into threat intelligence. Very cool too. Now they've got something that I think you're going to like: a capture the flag competition, which can win you a one hundred dollar Amazon gift card if you want to join in all the fun. Visit domaintools.com slash smashing to enter the competition before it closes on the 16th of April and may the most geeky listener win. So many of us now are realizing that moving to a fully work from home environment isn't always easy, but LastPass is here to make that transition easier, all without decreasing security. LastPass ensures your employees have secure access to their work applications and provides remote employees the ability to securely share passwords across teams in order to stay on top of critical projects. If you want to learn more, visit lastpass.com forward slash smashing on with the show and welcome back can you join us on our favorite part of the show the part of the show that we like to call pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses saying they like could be a funny story a book that they've read a tv show a movie a record a podcast a website or an app whatever they wish doesn't have to be security related necessarily it should not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security related. Instead, it is a podcast which has nothing to do with security or indeed. I'm afraid it isn't in the Finnish language either. It is a podcast called Something Rhymes With Purple. Hmm. And okay. Something Rhymes With Purple is a lovely little podcast hosted by Giles Brandreth, who is a uh, former British MP and TV celebrity and famous jumper wearer, and <laughs> Ms. Susie Dent, who has appeared in Dictionary Corner yes. of Channel 4 TV's Countdown show since 1992. A national treasure. She is a lexicographer, uh, which means that she knows all about words and dictionaries and things like that. And uh, what they do on this podcast, basically, is they talk about unusual words, or sometimes not so unusual words, and they talk about the origins of these words. So, for instance, um, by the way, you can also follow Susie Dent on Twitter, where she will have a word of the day quite often. For instance, she uh, just tweeted about the word freelancer. Um, and <laughs> Timely. She ex- and she explained <laughs> that freelancers, get this, get this, right, freelancers were originally knights who weren't attached to any single lord or master, and so were free to use their lances or weapons to anyone who paid them. And that's why we have freelancers. Love it. How brilliant is that? You will get scores of these kind of explanations. If you ever wanted to know what namby-pamby, where that comes from, or grockles, or why Alexander Graham Bell recommended that people answer the telephone with ahoy rather than hello, then Something Rhymes With Purple is the podcast for you. And that is why it's my pick of the week. (laughs) I'm not a native, but does turtle rhyme with purple? Turtle? Purple turtle, yeah. Well, no, not really. It does in America. <laughs> what? Purple turtle. Well, that's not in English then, is it? That would be turple, wouldn't it? Not turtle. Purple, yeah, you're right. Okay, so what rhymes with purple? Give me one. Well, I, I don't know. You'd have to listen to the I haven't heard that episode. I imagine. <laughs> but you're recommending it. I'm recommending I haven't heard turtle every single thing they've said. With purple. Totally. Turtle does not rhyme with purple. Uh, okay. I'm not sure. We'll ask Susie. <laughs> you could ask me. I'm right. <laughs> you're not English. <laughs> Okay, and uh, Miko, what's your pick of the week? Oh, thank you. My pick of the week is Pelottomien Riemulaulu. And yes, that's Finnish for you. <laughs> that's the name of the song. I, my, my pick of the week is a song, or even better, it's a video of a song. This is um, 
a song composed by a Finnish composer called Jussi Kudenius, who actually is a, a pretty well-known a cappella singer in Finland. Mm-hmm. The, the lyrics were written by Julia Juntila, and this was made for the Vaskivuori Upper Secondary School Chambered Corps. And um, they, they've actually recorded the particular song that we are linking to in their homes during the pandemic. So this is all being recorded with like teenagers on their phones or from Zoom or from Skype. And when you combine it together, you end up with something amazing. Just listen to this. So what we're seeing is this montage, really, of lots of people on their screens, and sometimes it'll flip between them. It's amazing. It's great. And the technical execution is flawless. There's actually a write-up about how they did it. The basic idea is that the, the teacher did a basic uh, skeleton of the song as an MP3, sent that to every every uh-huh. kid, and then they were listening to it and singing their part on top of it, and then they would have put in a, quite a bit of effort to cut it all together. But the end result yes. is worth listening to. It's really good. This is a true work of art, I think, and much better than Gal Gadot and her celebrity friends singing Imagine. Yeah, and, and this probably would have never happened without the pandemic. So, yep, this is yes. what we do. So something good. Lovely. So that is... Um, go to that's, our, that's, that's, go to our webpage for the link. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect pronunciation. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> Links in the show notes. Carol, what is your pick of the week? Okay, so my pick of the week is for Minecraft lovers who have found themselves to have a bit more time on their hands. Yes. Because it turns out this guy called Pippin FTS, that's his handle, claims to have made a one-to-one Minecraft version of Earth for the very first time. Sorry? One-to-one scale? One-to-one scale. So that is actually, in normal (laughs) Minecraft, that's kind of impossible because there's a height limit in Minecraft, which is limited at something like 250 meters or something. Mm -hmm. 250-odd blocks, yes. Yeah, so it makes a full-scale Earth terrain impossible to create. But this Pippin FTS guy claims to have used cubic chunks, which is somehow it helped him change the shape of the Minecraft chunks to 16 by 16 by 16, which gives you infinite depth to build mm. in all directions. So I've put a Can video Can you explain the, the science notes. a bit more to us, Carol? This sounds no, fascinating. No, I'm Can just saying explain? you have to go look at the video, but basically imagine a to-scale model of the Earth made in, made in Minecraft. So if I so he's created this Minecraft with mountains of the and Earth. oceans and all the terraformers. If I joined his Minecraft server, would I be able to zoom in on my podcast pleasure palace here in Oxford? <laughs> and well, no, see that's actually why uh, this has come out. So apparently, one of the problems is the human-generated structures are not part of the landscapes at the moment. So things oh. like you'd expect to see uh, Egypt's pyramids if you went yeah. looking for them. But actually, at the moment, they're just big piles of mud. So he's kind of apparently, this Pippin FTS guy has gone out to start a collective project called Build the Earth to get other Minecraft players to decorate the Earth with well-known man-made structures. It just sounds a bit like he's slacked off, to be honest. I mean, he could have put a bit more effort in. I mean, we do have a pandemic on. He could, he could get. Has anyone actually checked whether the pyramids are still there? Because with everybody locked down, maybe they're not. 
<laughs> Maybe it's like Schrodinger's cat. There's people giving, you know, giving him models of universities and Manhattan skyscrapers and are helping oh. to build their own streets. So if you want to contribute, you can watch the video, although I have to say I would do it maybe with sound on low. It's very, very inspirational kind of opening conversation. <laughs> maybe the, inspirational the last thing we want is <laughs> inspiration. No, well, whereas Miko sounded like, you know, truly inspirational. It just has a different feel to it. But I think it's a very cool kind of project, one that we, you know, people could get involved with. So take a look, see what you think. Um, all the links are in the show notes for you. Now, and you can- I've always been a big fan of, I've never really played Minecraft. I always liked the idea, but um, uh, I've always also found that there's a very close link between Minecraft and Lego. The oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. Minecraft is from Sweden. Lego is from Denmark. They both consist of building stuff out of cubes. So the real question is, when are we going to get a model of Earth in Lego in scale? Oh, <laughs> uh, in all the Lego colors too. It'd be very pretty. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Krill, that's great. So as the whole world goes to shit. Um, Build a new one in Minecraft. Build a new one to Minecraft. We just have to port ourselves over to Minecraft to enjoy it. Well, that just about wraps up the show for this week. Miko, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that? The easiest way to follow me online is to follow me on Twitter, where my account is called Miko, M-I-K-K-O. <laughs> would you have died if he said Facebook portal? <laughs> <laughs> And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter and last have a G. And you can also join the discussion on our subreddit. So if you're on Reddit, go and look for Smash Insecurity up there. The gazillion thank yous for supporting us during this pandemic. Here's hoping that we provide you a few giggles during this shit show. Um, also, a huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their continued support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye-bye. And don't forget to follow Uncle Fuckface. <laughs> Stay safe. Can't believe you have to say that. <laughs> Maybe we just say take care. That's what we used to say. Why is that not good? Well, yeah, that's all right. Take oh, yeah. care. Mind how you go. Yeah. Easy on the onion. Don't get sick. Oh, this is Miko. Oh, God. This must be so cool having a name like Miko. <laughs> right? Graham. I mean, what rhymes with Graham? Boring. Boring. <laughs> <laughs>